How's it going, Jets fans? My name is Alex. I'm the co-host here, Ryan Moran. Some big news coming out of Jets camp today regarding Mekhi Becton kind of suffering a little bit of an injury scare there at the right surgically repaired knee. We're going to discuss that, the kind of concerns about it. You know, I definitely have some thoughts in terms of him being labeled injury prone or at least nearing that stage. Um, you know, I don't necessarily feel good that he can get through a full season of, you know, intense play. The Jets need backup at that tackle spot because I don't trust him. Um, others may feel differently, which is totally fine. And I hope to God that he does stay healthy for the record. But, uh, you know, I'm definitely a little bit concerned there. So we'll discuss that. You know, some big takeaways from Sauce Gardner really having some show out uh, training camp practices lately. You know, Corey Davis has some great things to say about him. Tyler Conklin getting involved. Um, Zach Wilson. Uh, some death chart stuff and, you know, some just minor takeaways uh, from today's practice and what kind of what's kind of going on lately. Before we dive into the good stuff, my friend, how are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing great, Alex. Obviously, some big news today. Obviously, the Mackay Beckton stuff from practice, like you stated, I mean, some pretty significant news and solid stated at the practice that it's everything is intact and it doesn't look like it's anything too serious. So it looks like the Jets might have dodged a bullet there, which is good. You know, obviously still no DJ Reed, Ty Johnson, Benny Curry. Got an update on Conor McDermott. It was a low ankle injury. It's going to be about a week or two. So, you know, on the injury front, things are still holding up pretty good for the Jets at this point. Obviously, you know, hopefully everything with Beckton gets cleared here soon. And, you know, he is fully good and, uh, you know, able to go Friday night, which Salah stated today, the starters are going to go about a quarter in the preseason game Friday. So down in Philly, you know, you're going to see the starters get at least a series or two, which will be good. I think it's you know important for this young team, especially only in the second year of these schemes offensively and defensively, to really get some needed work in. Hopefully, the Eagles throw some of their starters out there as well. Um, you know, today in practice, obviously the Zach Wilson to Tyler Conklin connection continues to really show up. Um, I think Conklin's really poised to be a breakout player on this team. Had a good night at the Green and White scrimmage Saturday as well. Um, Elijah Moore and Corey Davis both connected on some plays with Zach Wilson today, which was good to see. Corey Davis actually punched in a touchdown on a slant on a move the ball period that I thought Zach actually looked really good in decision-making accuracy. Um, he made one really nice. He slung one into Elijah Moore on the move. That was a really nice throw. Um, the pass rush of the jets continues to make an impact. I mean, that, that's really what threw Zach off. I, it, I wouldn't even say it threw Zach off. It just the rhythm I would say of the offense was kind of thrown off just by the constant disruption of the pass rush. And uh, the other news from today, the first depth chart was released and uh, you know, the, the rookies were really, you know, they had like Brees Hall as the third running back. They had uh Garrett Wilson with the second team, things like that. Um, which you expect from the rookies. I mean, they even said it with sauce. He's got to earn it. And I, I like that. And the first depth chart, you really don't try and take too much away from, but the two that really did jump out to me when I was going up and down it um, defensively, Solomon Thomas with the first team at defensive tackle. I expect that to be Sheldon Rankins. So that was definitely a bit of a pleasant surprise. And then, uh, at linebacker, Marcel Harris. I mean, you signed Quan Alexander. You know, the Jets like Jamie and Sherwood, Homs Natural Dean, some of those young players a little bit, Delshawn Phillips as well. So was a bit of a surprise, but both of those guys have familiarity with Sal from San Francisco. And, uh, you know, Solomon Thomas and Marcel Harris, we'll continue to really see those guys here. And, you know, many more of these players come Friday night. Absolutely. It's going to be fun to see kind of how Robert Sala gets a lot of these guys involved. If he gets the starter some action, um, how much action. I think Zach Wilson could definitely use a little bit more. Just just a little bit of snaps in a live action scenario, not simulated in like a training camp practice. And I'm excited to see um, kind of how that goes and what the developments are there. Um, but, you know, there's some major, kind of 
I wouldn't say major, but fun takeaways to uh, to kind of look at from today's practice. Notably, Sauce Gardner is getting a lot of positive attention, and deservedly so. He's done some really good stuff out there. You know, you have veteran receivers like Corey Davis coming out and saying he's a dog. Like he talks trash, but he also he also puts his best foot forward. He works hard. He's a workaholic. Um, these are all things that he said about Sauce, and like you know, he I, somebody I actually think it was Corey Davis that said he's got to earn the name Sauce for now. He's a mod. Um, it was Carl Lawson the other day. It was Carl. It was Carl Lawson. It was Carl Lawson. So um, that's pretty cool. You know, holding me accountable, making sure that he earns his way onto this field, earns that nickname. Um, and I think that that's kind of just a nice thing from the veterans to really just hold their your rookies accountable and make sure that they live up to the standard and, and live up to the potential that they obviously have. And Sauce Gardner looks really good, man. He's bouncy. We saw him against Elijah Moore um, at the scrimmage at, the, at MetLife, and he looked really good. He was making some really nice plays. He he was sticky in coverage. He's long, lanky, quick, fast, reactive. Um, he's got what it takes to be a phenomenal corner in this league. And um, I think the only thing that he's going to struggle with is just holding on to some quicker uh, receivers. He's going to get some penalties on him, but I think those will dissipate over time as he learns how to react accordingly and just stay patient instead of, yeah, I, I like his aggress- aggressiveness, but against some guys, you have to be a little bit more patient because you have to wait for them to make a move. Um, it's, it, you know, it's really difficult to stay with some of these, these just insanely fast guys. You know, you have a uh, Tyree kill um, in Miami, you got Jalen Waddle, um, you know, Patriots don't really have any guys, you know, like uh born and, um, I don't, well, I don't even know who else they have, honestly. Kobe Myers. It's really Kobe Stephon Myers. Diggs is the other one in the division. Right. And even Gabriel Davis. But Stephon Diggs, you're going to see Sauce. Honestly, I'd be, I'm actually curious. I, I want to see um, how the Jets attack guys like Stephon Diggs, how they attack guys like uh, Gabriel Davis. Do they have Sauce on Davis or do they have Sauce on uh, on Diggs? Or you know, who are they, how do they use DJ Reed in that equation? I'm curious to see how they kind of match these guys up. I think that Diggs and Sauce is a fun matchup. I'm very excited to see that. Hopefully he gets that action. Um, but you know what? Like, what are your thoughts on this Makai Becton scenario? He's getting an MRI, seems to be all clear, just kind of a tweak of that surgically repaired right knee. Um, there is concern, you know, just load management. He's definitely been getting a lot of work the last couple of days. He started wearing that brace on his right net on his right leg a couple of days ago, and now the little tweak here. So definitely a little bit of a concern. I, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be over dramatic about it because it is just a tweak. It seems like it's all okay. They'll probably give him the next couple of days off to rest and make sure he's back to 100 percent um, but is it a little bit, you know, concerning for you long term to see this injury already popping up again and maybe saying, like, can we really depend on him? And then we'll talk about Dwayne Brown as a potential solution at that depth spot. He has had a very good career up to this point. Um, so I wonder if they would consider signing him and then moving George Fant over to right tackle as a worst case scenario, which isn't that bad of a worst case, in my opinion. But, you know, I want to hear your thoughts on Makai first and foremost. For sure. So, I mean, I think you just take it back to when the Jets drafted Makai. I mean, you knew how big he was, and while that can be extremely beneficial on the field and it's just his pure dominance, which has been on display, you do know that he's more susceptible to injuries, and you're such a big man. It's hard to recover from things. Obviously, I think last year's injury is a clear indication of that. It can take more time than anticipated. And, you know, to me, the injury concerns don't even have to do with 2021. I think it has to do more with what you saw in 2020. I mean, he was constantly banged up throughout that season. And as dominant as he was, whenever he was on the field as a rookie, like he sporadically just missed time. And I think that's really where the injury concerns come from with people more than anything. Like it was every couple of games as great as he was. And he would just go out, you know, last year, like I said, like everyone really feels, I mean, that that was just tough luck what happened on that play. But again, you know, the recovery time, obviously taking longer than anticipated. I think these are kind of, some of the cons and downsides to having someone as big as he is while he can be dominant and move people with his ridiculous athleticism at that size. 
you know, you are, you're more susceptible, like I said, just getting those injuries. And I think that's really the main concern right now when you think about short and long-term. I mean, this is a guy the Jets need available for Zach Wilson, you know, for this offense to click. I think outside of Zach, he's definitely the base factor, X factor on this team. And um, I think it's a valid concern for people to have, you know, you don't want to overreact. Like Salah said, it looks like everything isn't, you know, going to be okay. All is intact right now, but you know, I, I definitely understand the concerns and look, just hope that, uh, you know, he is able to prove himself in terms of durability, you know, throughout this season, because it's really, it's a make or break year, honestly, for him. So let's hope for the best. Yeah, absolutely. You got Connor McDermott also one to two weeks injured, right? So, you know, this is definitely another tackle situation. So Dwayne Brown, um, a lot of kind of hype going on around him around the Jets uh, camp. And, you know, they brought him in for a visit. And he's a pretty solid player last year, you know, definitely wasn't his best season. He's been a lot better in the past, but he played 969 total snaps, gave up eight sacks and 22 hurries, 33 pressures overall with five penalties. Um, like I said, not one of his best years, but still solid run blocker, decent pass blocker, a little bit above average in both categories. In 2020, he was fantastic. Only gave up two sacks and 34 pressures in 1,048 snaps, including 693 pass blocking snaps. He's traditionally, you look at, you look at his career, all the way dating back to Houston in 2008 and 2016 and 17. He was tremendous as a pass blocker. Really, really good player in that facet. Now he's a little bit older at 37 years old, um, but he is still a big dude. He's a former first-round pick out of Virginia Tech. Um, 350 pounds, 315 pounds, six foot four. A good player to have at the back at the back end of his depth. You know, last year we had Morgan Mo- Moses, you know, took over from Mekhi Becton, played valiantly. I think the Jets wanted to keep him, but he wanted to get kind of paid a little bit more. And then you look at Dwayne Brown, who's kind of on the free agent market, trying to find a home. Um, if he really wants that depth spot, the Jets have the money to offer him that. They can find ways to clear a little bit of salary space. Maybe they even sign him to a multi-year deal, and they say, hey, worst case scenario, uh, you know, George Fant is gone after this season, and we just plug him in at left tackle, and he can be a serviceable option for us there. Um, you know, maybe Or at the very least, he's a good depth player, and they sign more, um, Fant anyway to a bigger contract. So, you know, what are your thoughts on Dwayne Brown? Thoughts on him and the impact he can make as a depth piece here, especially with, you know, kind of uh, Mekhi Becton seemingly a little bit becoming injury prone. I don't necessarily trust him. Sure. I think my few main takeaways with Dwayne Brown really just, you know, the pedigree first and foremost, I think really jumps out. I mean, you know, this guy's a former first round pick who started over. I was going over some of his stats the other day, over 200 career starts. You know, for someone who's turning 37 in late August, I think, you know, seeing that the last two years he played 98% of the Seahawks uh, snaps offensively and didn't miss a start goes to show that he still has some of that durability, even for an older player that he can hold up. And I think that's the main thing that you just want is a guy with some stability. I mean, that's what Morgan Moses gave the Jets last year when Beckton went down. And obviously he was a pivotal loss that they still really haven't quite replaced. I mean, I'm excited about Max Mitchell's future, but I still think you want to give him the time that he needs to develop as a rookie. And, you know, with Brown as well, I mean, just having that third tackle who, you know, has been so dominant at left, you look at, you know, pro bowls, all pros, you know, a guy who's played on how many big contracts in the league. I mean, to have that, you know, behind Fenton Beckton, I think would certainly be ideal for the Jets. Absolutely. I think that depth is honestly a necessity you know, moving forward. Um, let's talk about the pass rush, right? Zach Wilson had some nice plays to Zach Conklin or Jack Conklin. 
um, and Elijah Moore and Corey Davis today, but the pass rush continues to impress. You know, Quinton Williams, everybody is saying the guy looks dominant. Everybody is saying he's going to have an elite level season. Um, you know, it is camp, so we can, you know, definitely hype him up, but we got to see it during the regular season, of course. Um, but you know, this, this, this group is really putting pressure on Zach Wilson, the offensive line, which is much improved has definitely had their fair share of struggles, um, against these guys. So, you know, I'd love to hear your take on, you know, Carl Lawson really standing out, having some good practices. Uh, Quinn Williams, obviously, like I said before, has been dominant. Jacob Martin had another sack beat Shuma Doga. But again, like they're definitely missing some tackle support right now. And offense and has had, you know, been kind of eased into things after coming off the injury. Mackay Becton, you know, eased into things. And then, you know, the injury today, Chuma Doga and Connor McDermott, who's been out, like these guys are not going to be holding up for much longer. Uh, they're not serviceable players. That's why Dwayne Brown is kind of a necessity, in my opinion. Got to be careful on that end. But like how impressive is it to see these pass rushers really waking up and showing us that they can be a very productive unit and hopefully maybe a very underrated one going into the 2022 season? For sure. I think it's exactly what you expect and want to see because the Jets have invested so much into the defensive line. And it's not even just the starters. Like you said, it's the Jacob Martins. It's the Bryce Huffs. It's, you know, the Nathan Shepherds of the world. Guys who, you know, are, I mean, listening to Balsala, Ulbrich, even uh, the defensive line coach, Aaron Whitecott, and say they expect there to be about eight starters and that they're constantly rotating these guys in and out. So, in the fourth quarter of games, Quinnen and Carl are as fresh as could be and that they're able to go on those key third downs and just tee off, you know, and, and that's why it's good to see, like you said, the Jacob Martins who fit this scheme perfectly and are really showing up. Like you said, obviously, you know, you don't know what these guys are practicing. I think at times that's a big thing in training camp, you know, guys are trying certain techniques and maybe the coaches are calling certain plays to really get guys in certain situations. But nonetheless, I mean, you still want to see these guys, you know, making an impact and winning when the situation presents itself. And, you know, it, it's definitely exciting. I, I think winning, like we've, you know, really talked about a ton is, is prime to have that big year. You know, it's great to see Carl Lawson back and, you know, the type of dominance that he can provide to this defense really can go a long way. And, you know, Jermaine Johnson's been coming along a couple sacks over the last week, you know, looks like he's starting to get more and more, more acclimated to things. And, you know, you just want to continue to really see the run defense improve, like we've said. And, you know, if, if that does happen, which, you know, with improved corner play, you know, Jordan Whitehead, who can make an impact in the box, you know, it, it'll give this pass rush the maximum opportunity to just make its impact felt. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's exciting. We have some live action coming up in a couple of days. We get to finally see everything come together. But you know, from the first glances, Zach Wilson's taking a big step forward. You know, we're seeing him do a lot of good stuff. The offensive line clearly has the talent when they're all healthy to be a very, very good unit. The pass rush is well and alive with Carl Lawson coming back. The, the linebackers, I think, are playing a lot better than most people expected, aside from CJ Mosley, who's obviously projected to be that good. But Quincy Williams has looked really solid. Quan Alexander is bringing the energy lately, really helping guys like Jamie and Sherwood and Nazrael Dean um, elevate their game and just, you know, bring in some experience to this group and hopefully helping them. And even if he's not making a contribution on the field, you know, helping these younger guys take a step forward and, and uh, maybe contribute in their own way. So a lot of good stuff, a lot of good news. The Makai Becton injury definitely is a bit concerning, but we'll keep you guys updated on that. If anything else develops, um, especially if it's negative or positive stuff, we got you covered as always, my friends, make sure to like, and subscribe to the podcast below on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and leave a comment on YouTube as well. Love to hear your thoughts and opinions as always really appreciate all the love you've been showing us lately. And like I said, subscribe below for constant updates every day. Got you always make sure to enjoy the rest of your week and we'll catch you guys on the next fireside jets episode.